Well, it's a beautiful day to jump into our passion and purpose, so let's do that. Dr. Martin Luther King said this, not everybody can be famous, but everybody can be great because greatness is determined by service. That's what the good doctor said. So isn't that an amazing way to turn our present day world on its head? So, so everyone maybe can't be famous. That might not be in the cards for you, but every single one of us can be great. Every single one of us, why? Because greatness is about the attitude of our heart and it's about serving people and it's about serving the common good and it's about leaving everything better than when you arrived. How many of you ever told your children that before? <laughs> All right, I'm not the only one. And so, and that mentality is at the heart of this series. So we're anchored in a text that I hope we can almost say from memory by now, but if not, I want us to look at it again. Let's stand and let's read God's word this morning. It's found in Colossians 3.17, and this is what it says. It starts with this familiar phrase, and whatever you do, and that's the beauty of this series, whatever you do, whether you're a broker or a banker, whether you're a mother, or, or whether you're mowing lawns right now, let's read this together. Ready? One, two, three. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all. In the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. God, we're so thankful for um, your house, to have this time together in your house this morning. God, we believe and receive and know that we're going to be different as a result of being here this morning because you're here. And you are a great God and you have a great purpose and destiny for us. God, help us open our eyes, open our ears that we can see you and hear from you this morning. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. So what we're asking is, can I find a purpose for my life that's big enough to hold me for all of my life? And so we've, we've done that already. If you've been around and we've answered the question, what is God's will for my life? That's what we did week one of this series. And then we started kicking around this idea of passion that all of us have when we have something that keeps us up at night, that keeps us um, awake and alive even during the day hours, something that, that other people keep um, saying to us, you know, you should probably pursue that. You should look into that maybe. Maybe that's a lane that you should stay in because... Man, it seems like you were made for that. And so something that we're willing to sacrifice for, we talked about last week, but we're asking the question last week and this week, so how can I do my whatever from that scripture, do whatever in Jesus' name, in the name of the Lord Jesus? And so, so how can I make that work? And I've, got, I've gotten some messages along the line in this series, and even from week one, some awesome testimonies. Um, and uh, this is kind of why we're doing this series. I love this. And I got permission to read this one uh, from one of you that attends Destiny here and is an artist. So let me read this to you, all right? Greetings, Pastor Sean. It felt as though you honed the, today's message just for me and my family. You see, for years I would rally the kids from Art Alley. They slept at my house, they ate at my house, and I brought them to church on many occasions. We sat around the campfire in my backyard and talked just about everything, but I always wove the Lord into every conversation. I used my artistic giftings as a way of reaching out and sharing the Lord, using my own resources 
and all of my energy, and then I would go to church and hear about how great and amazing that the people doing the, the church or the ministry or the work of the church were. And I, I really didn't let it uh, bother me or get to me because getting attention has never been my motivation. But when you read the text and you shared yesterday, my heart just swelled. I always knew that God noticed, but as you said it out loud, it just felt like validation. Feeling pretty vulnerable for having just said that, but it is the truth of my heart. The other thing was that my son, who is a middle school and high school art teacher, was present because of it being Mother's Day, and he was sitting there sketching on his bulletin as you used artist as an example, and I could tell by his countenance that he was really touched. And so how can they receive that validation? Because they were framing what they were doing with a bigger purpose. And so the purpose wasn't recognition or platform time or position or title. The purpose was, I want to know God and I want to make him known. That's my purpose in life. Now, my passion and your passion, they're different. And so God wants to reframe your purpose so he can release you into your passion. And just highlighting some of the things that stood out to me the last few weeks, we landed on this amazing clarifying quote from A.W. Tozer. Uh, and he said, it's not what a man does that determines whether his work or her work is sacred or secular. It is why he does it. That motivate, the motive is everything. So let a man sanctify the Lord God in his heart or in her heart, and then he can therefore do no common act. Amen? So in other words, if, if you're driving a recycle collection truck and you started your day with the purpose of knowing Jesus and making him known, and you're committed to your work and your day and your effort and your energy to Jesus, then there is nothing about collecting recyclables for you today that's going to be ordinary or common in any way. Isn't that good? And, and it, but it, it's going to find meaning and it's going to matter because you've got a purpose that frames it all, that's bigger than it all. And you might be in your connect group, in your small group, and you're going, you know, I, I want to do designer jeans after all. When Pastor Sean was talking about designer jeans, that just lit my fire. <laughs> or, or, you know, maybe I do want to work on that bacon cooking show. That smells good. <laughs> or, you know, when, when Sean mentioned that a couple weeks, it's confirmation. And, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm starting a bacon cooking business. I'm going to start a franchise. Or maybe you want to work on making the next best smartphone. We talked about that too. So great. How do you do your whatever in the name of the Lord Jesus? So we're going to continue that conversation this morning. Last week, we started with two things. We started with two things. Excellence is our standard. Distinction is our calling card. And this week, we're taking one more step together. And here's how we do whatever we do in the name of the Lord Jesus. So we're going to see it right here in the text as we go forward. But this is the first blank on your notes is we understand that costly consistency is our grid. Costly consistency becomes our operating grid. And when this happens, you're going to be amazed at how far God is going to take you towards success, towards achieving your dreams, and towards a platform for which you can make Jesus known in the world, which is what it's all about. And so I think that a lot of times 
we have a dream and we have a passion, but then, you know, we're looking at the long range of our lives and we're like, you know, how do I get from over there to over here where I want to end up? And this is the most beautiful part because I think all of us will learn something today. I know that I've been really challenged enormously just preparing um, these messages for the series. But if you're especially maybe on the front curve or the front end of your life, young man or woman, I'm so thrilled that you're here to hear this. this is, these are some of the scriptures that I hung my hat on as a young man. Because this could be and can be, I believe, and, and will be a game changer for you, anybody in this room this morning. So how do you get to that dream? Because I'm sure that you've got one. Some of you have got stuff that keeps you up at night. When I, when I use that, that phrase, whether I can't remember if I said it the first week or the second week, there were several of you that said, yeah, I've got some stuff that keeps me up at night. You've got some passions that are stirring inside of you. And it's, and it's a good keeping you up at night. It's like, I can't wait to get out of bed and go do it, right? And so, you know, how do you get to that place um, that you've been thinking about getting to? And the answer isn't a mystery. The, the answer is really simple because your heavenly father isn't trying to confuse us. He's not trying to confuse you. He's trying to help you and lead you and guide you. He's a good father. And so the way that you get to where you want to go in your life is by costly consistency. That's the conversation we're going to have today. That it's being willing to pay the price over time. And you look at all these other people that are succeeding in their life. And how do they do it? How do they do it? Um, is there such a thing as a golden elevator that you can just press a button and you can go up the stairs and all of a sudden kind of arrive, um, you know, at your destination, um, you know, to the top? Do you wish there was? <laughs> um, you know, you press the button and bing, the doors open and you step in, it's mirrored and it's amazing. So you can take a selfie on the way up and, you know, simply, you know, you hit the top floor and all of a sudden you have arrived. There's a sensation, the doors open, you walk out and, and you step out into, wow, I made it to the top. <laughs> Is that how it happens for most people that have made it to the top? Um, you know, that, that have made it to that, that, that place of passion in their lives. Is that how they get there? Is that how they got there? Is that, is that how that other guy that you're thinking about maybe right now, that is somebody that has made it to the top, made it to the top? Is that, it, is that how that, that, uh, that lady that you're thinking about right now who made it to the top, made it to the top? Is that how that entertainer made it? Is that how that uh, entrepreneur made it? You know, they made a splash on the radar and we're like, where did this person come from. Royce, can you help me out and can you turn around um, my beautiful prop this morning? I, I want you to think about, think about even the athlete, uh, what's his name, that I mentioned uh, last week. His name is Trevor Lawrence. A freshman, he was right out of high school and he's now considered one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. He wins a championship, big moment, 19 years old. Was there a golden elevator to the top for him? Any athletes in the room this morning? You put some training hours in, you take the stairs, in other words. <laughs> you put in some time and some effort. So, you know, Trevor, while, while he had this hugely successful year, 
man, I wonder what was behind this guy's dream. Before he gets to the point where we watched on the video, if you were here last week, where he's talking about, you know, this is how I got to the top. And he was talking about his small group. He was talking about the people that he surrounded himself with. And I have a feeling it's the same thing that's behind your dream and the same thing that's behind my dream, which is there is no elevator to the top. <laughs> there is no elevator to the top. Everybody gets there the same way. Everybody takes the stairs. Isn't it beautiful? I mean, I spent a lot of time on that this week. <laughs> Everybody takes the stairs. And um, the way we get to our moment so that our whatever can shine our light on Jesus is that we get all the way, we get, we get there the same way, and we take the stairs. So that is part of the equation of how you get to the top. And everybody who's gotten to the top, are there any amens at the 8.30, 10.30? This is the 8.30 service here this morning. Any amens when I say that this morning? That it's, it's, it's on fire in this place, oh boy. <laughs> We're excited about that, woo! People are taking notes so fast, paper is igniting under the pens. Uh, I mean, it's outrageous. But, you know, everybody takes the stairs, and the stairs simply are. It's not a mystery. You could, you could have done this message just as well I could. The stairs are, we start with humility. Sorry, I know I'm in your way over here. <laughs> you start with humility. So that's, that's not the way everybody in, in the world gets to the top, is it? But if the person that you've seen in the world that's got to the top didn't start with the stare of humility, they're not going to be at the top very long because pride comes before the fall. We know that scripture, right? And so for us as Jesus followers who are distinct, we're getting to the top a different way. So we're taking this stare of humility. And in other words, we're humbling ourselves before God and we're saying, you know, I want you to be the one who gets all of the attention. And so, you know, when we get here to these stairs, y'all are praying for me that we don't have a, like a viral um, sermon illustration moment because the pastor falls off the stairs this morning. But um, <laughs> big guy in a little space <laughs> is what it feels like right here this morning. <laughs> but, you know, we get to this place of humility and we're, we're one step up and it feels like, well, you know, I, I haven't even gotten anywhere yet. I, 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 I'm just, I'm right here and there's not very, very much movement and, you know, I've, I'm taking the stairs, but there's just not too much going on right now. You know, so, you know, how'd your day go? Well, I mean, it wasn't amazing. How'd your year go? Well, I mean, it wasn't amazing. I, how's your time at the new job? Well, look, I've got nine inches. <laughs> I've taken the first step, but I'm not making progress here. So, you know, we're going to talk about that as we go on. But now, let's take another step, taking a step called training. How many of you have spent some time in training? So when, you, when you're taking the stairs, there's a process that we go through where you've got to learn some stuff, right? This is something that, that our kids in, in, in school need to learn, right? They need to process that, you know, there's a reason that we go to school and that we um, spend some time in the books. I, I had a, a mentor in my life in ministry that you know, taught me that if readers are leaders, how many of you ever heard that one before? So spend some time sewing into the field of your practice, learn about it, dig into your passion, go for it. So there's, there's a time of, of learning about your craft, leaning into your passion, 
Uh, for me, for many years, it was reading all the youth ministry blogs as a youth pastor, um, because if you read a book in the youth ministry culture, let me tell you, it was obsolete before you picked it up, because the culture was changing so fast. But you, you, you learned, you learned the, the process and the field that you're in, and so that's, that, that's training. And it's not just training your skill, but training you as an individual and as a person. And so a lot of, of training isn't about, you know, I took a class or I went to a seminar, you know, or I got a certificate or I learned a new skill. In fact, if you're here and you're raising a family, you understand that most of the training that you're doing with your kids right now is about their character, right? And so, you know, it's about their outlook. It's about their viewpoint. It's about their attitude. You're not saying, son, you're going to take out the trash right now because I want you to learn how to pull that bag tight and get that twisty tie just right. That's not what it's about, is it? That's not what it's about. You're like, you're gonna take out the trash because you are training your attitude, my son. <laughs> you are training your character. You are training your mindset when you do that. Anybody, can I get an amen? Yeah, so, and every day is an opportunity for you and I to get better at what we do. So if you walk out the door tomorrow saying, well, I want to get better today, then you're going to be moving in a direction to where you can get on board with the passion and purpose that God has for your life. And maybe qualify to be somebody who actually does something great at something and has a platform by which to shine a light on Jesus. Adaptability is our next one. It's kind of weird, but I put it in here. It's kind of a weird word. But I put it in here because I think a lot of us think that once we get on the path, we just, we just want this, but we want the path to be a straight and narrow path, right? Our picture of going up the ladder is I want a one-way path. I don't want it to be like this. <laughs> but how many of you have been on a path and that path has never changed? It's just went straight, it's been smooth sailing, there's been no rocks in the road. I wanna see that person if you've been on that path. That's not the way it happens in real life, is it? And so adaptability, adaptability comes into play. And so we need to learn, you know, we have to come to the place where, well, this thing doesn't work anymore. And so I've gotta reinvent, I've gotta recalibrate, and I've got to reorganize and I've got to rethink this now. Let's not be the person who decides, you know, oh my goodness, well, I, I didn't know about this. I, I only know how to do it this way and I don't like it any different. So I'm just going to retreat. I'm just going to be comfortable on this step that I'm at. You know, if they ask me to do that and the market has changed or the dynamics at the, the workplace have changed or, or whatever it is that's your passion and your calling, the whatever it is, my client base has changed, everything's moving. Adaptability is gonna be a key for you, isn't it? The next one, trial and error. Hello? <laughs> trial and error. And here's, here's what we think with this one is um, I'm just gonna go up the, the ladder and I'm just gonna step over this one. <laughs> I don't need any of that. I'm just gonna claim it in the name of Jesus that uh, I don't have any trials or errors on my path because that doesn't sound pleasant. I'm getting a little high up here. <laughs> the, air is, the air is thinner. I feel like I'm in Colorado. So um, how many of you, let me just ask this question. Let me just ask this question. 
Is there anybody in this room that somewhere along the path to your passion and your purpose, you're plugging away at it, and at some point you've had some failures, some setbacks, and some potholes. Go ahead and raise your hand up high in the air. Okay, I see a lot of hands. There's, there's some failures and some setbacks and some potholes. Um, and I know that some of you are like, well, yes, you know, I, I had some failure yesterday, actually, but I just don't want to admit my failure, right? And how many of you, let me ask this question, how many of you, even though you've had failure and setbacks and some pretty big potholes, are still moving forward on that path? Good. Good. You've still seen some good things happen, right? You've still seen some, some advance happen in your life. And so, you see, this is how life works. You don't let, you know, the, the enemy go, man, you've, you've, you're, you're not on the right track now because there was an error or a setback or a failure, so you must not be in God's will because that's what the enemy will try to tell you. Anybody? Have you heard that before? You know, that's, you, you must not be in God's will for your life. And I, my response to that is, oh, really? Because show me somebody on earth who hasn't had a failure or a setback or an experience, an error in decision-making or uh, a wrong choice and made a mistake. So listen, this is not the way that you decide whether or not you're on the right track. This is part of the process for most of us. And for most of us, it's a growing and a learning process as part of this path. And so this is part of the way that you get to where you want to go. The next one, hunger. Simply put, hunger, if you don't want it, you're not going to get it. So as a believer, it's okay to have a desire. And we're going to look at that in scriptures in just a second. You've got to have that. You've got to be showing up at your place going, hey, I want to be better. I want to move forward. I want to be the, the best mom. I want to be the best dad. I want to be the best in my workplace. Whatever it is that God's called me to do. Faithfulness. We all understand what that's about. And it's one of the best traits that any of us can develop in our lives. Perseverance. Perseverance is a little bit like everything that we've talked about, kind of wrapped into one. It just means I'm going to press through when it's hard. I'm going to press through. And I, and I dislike categorizing generations as somebody who's been a youth pastor for most of my life. But some of you, I would just say, you're cut from a different cloth. Your generation, and you, we know this, there's, there's the lost generation, which is which is under the best generation, they, they, they've called it, they've labeled it, if you've heard that name before. That's almost gone now. Um, but I, I, I think of my dad. Um, I don't know if he's here this morning. Um, my dad is, is made out of different material. And um, he's going through some pretty tough peripheral stuff with his health right now. And he complains less than I complain on a daily. And, and I'm not going through what he's going through, but he shows up and he, and he always has, always will. And he, and he sits through most weekends, two of my sermons. How many of you can say you can do that? <laughs> he'll come here and sit through service one, and then he'll come back for round two, take two punches. So how many of you can manage that? Not many of you, but he does. So there's a mentality that says in him, I'm not gonna quit. I'm not gonna give up, and you don't stop. And, 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 and here's the thing. You don't have 
nine jobs in two years just because it was difficult, right? That's some people's story. And if you ask anybody who's gotten to the top of their dreams, their passions, their purposes, their desires, they will tell you about the, about the times that they persevered. They will have some stories to tell about when they persevered. When everybody else fainted, they said, I'm showing up. I'm showing up again today. No matter how hard it is, I'm going for it again. I'm not letting anything stop me from the desire, from the passions that you've put in my heart, the calling in my life. And then at the top, there's the cost. I know it'd be nice if there was, instead of, instead of the cost, if there was just a pot of gold, which is what some of us are praying for, you know, when you get there. And, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'll go up there and do it. But every single person who gets to the top, there's no, you know, I've arrived in the golden elevator, ding. <laughs> when you get to the top, they're taking it a step at a time. They're taking it, every single person, sometimes they go back down. You know, sometimes when you're taking the steps and you're on this journey, you'll, you'll, you'll have some times where you're, you'll be going up and you you know, maybe you'll, you'll have some trial and error and you'll go back down and the, you might have a season where you take, skip a couple of steps and you go up even further. But it's going to be a process. It's going to be um, a journey. That's what it is, right? It's taking the steps. You're all praying for me right now still, right? Just pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Okay, I'm back down. Okay. <laughs> Big guy, little stairs. Um, At the end of the day, at the end of the day, when you get to the top, here's your story, and it's two things primarily. Number one, it took a great cost. It took a great cost, you know, interview one person in the field that you're pressing into or the area that you're pressing into of your passions that's accomplished your wildest dreams. And there's gonna be a footnote of the cost that it took to get to that place. And if we're gonna be a people who are distinct in the world and have excellence as our standard, and we've got, uh, we've got to embrace the stairs. If we've got distinction as our calling card, and, and we've gotta say that this is how you get up. The second thing is, that is gonna be true about us, if we take the stairs, and by the time you get to where, the wherever that you're going, um, somebody's gonna ask you at some point the question, how did you get there, right? How did you get there? And do you know what your answer is gonna be? Any, anyone asked you that question before? Well, and how many of you have answered, well, I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure. No, 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 I need the blueprints. I need the plan, I need every step along the way. I need the diagram of the I wanna get where you are chart. <laughs> So you can, you can just draw it out like a whiteboard or whatever or sketch it out real quick and you're like, you know, I, I really don't know. I just kind of kept on going one step at a time until I got there every day. And then, then I, all of a sudden I found myself at a place. And over the course of 18 years of being in youth ministry, I've had a lot of opportunities to have conversations with young men and women because there's a lot of discussions about this kind of stuff at that age. And so, um, especially where I've traveled around and managed um, summer camps over the years, 
And uh, so many of them, um, young people that are, even have this uh, leaning into, into ministry, they would come up and, and they would say, you know, things, how do I get to be you? How do I get to be the person that speaks at the regional camp things? Because I wanna, I wanna do what you're doing. And, and, and so I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, sometimes that's just, uh, I, don't, I don't really know. And they'd be like, no, seriously, please. I'm not trying to take your position or anything. I, I just wanna do it one time in my life. And, and so not knowing, you know, a, 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 a written out plan is probably a good sign that you took the stairs. And, and so what you point people back to is not your ABC plan. You can give people some steps, but you know, it's, it's are you willing to pay the price? Are, are you willing to persevere? Uh, let me teach you about perseverance because I can teach you about that. Let me teach you about faithfulness. Let me teach you about a hunger. Let me teach you about not giving up every time there's a setback. Let me teach you about being humble. Because, you know, getting up on a platform requires some humility if you're going to be on that platform for any amount of time. Let me teach you about being adaptable. Let me help you get in the place of where you are a learner, where you continue to learn, where you're in a place of training. So, but I can't give you a blueprint from, you know, ABC to get you where to want to go. But, that, you know, that's the answer, isn't it? That if we ever get somewhere in life and somebody asks us anything about anything, which is sort of the ultimate goal, and we'll get there next week, that conversation, then we would just say, hey, there's not a formula. It's the stairs. It's the stairs. That's how I got here. I just kept taking the steps. And I never decided when I got to the stuff that was hard that I was going to turn around and just walk back down or be content with where I was at. Because some of us, we stall out, right? We stall out, we make it to a step, and we just kind of become complacent or comfortable there. And I mean, you know, maybe I'm not maxing out my potential or my capacity, or maybe I'm not being everything that God created to me, but I'm not down here where Joey is. And we even start comparing where other people are in the stairs. You know, and so I'm over here in A, and you know, we, we just get to the place where, where, where we're weighing things in our mind that and it's not healthy. And so people who max out their potential, though, this is what I'm really talking about this morning, people who max out their potential and see their passion come to fruition, they don't stall out. They don't stall out. They just keep stepping and keep believing. And it doesn't mean that, that we're never satisfied. That's not what I'm talking about, that, that, it's, that nothing's good enough, that we work ourselves to death. That's not what this talk is about either. It just means that we understand there's something great in us because we serve a great God and we don't let anything in life dampen or stomp out what God has called us to. And so <laughs> there's, a, there's a big elephant in the room again. And, um, and I want to talk about it just for a minute and the elephant in the room is, but I'm not where I want to be. I'm not where I want to be. Showing my passion or doing, doing my thing over here, you know, creating a world that really fits in with my gifts, that's not what I'm doing right now. So I'm in the place A right now, but place B where I want to be uh, is over here. And so the question is, you know, should I just quit my job today 
and go and tell my boss tomorrow, hey, I've got a passion burning in my heart and people said that I should do it, so I'm gonna go do it. <laughs> Some of you are wrestling with that question as we go through this series. And so how do I get from, from over there to over here because I get it and there's a lot of people in the room right now they're like this is helping me because I'm in the middle of my passion and my journey right now I'm on my way up the stairs and I just need to be encouraged in that process but some of you were like I'm pretty sure I'm not in my passion zone right now I'm I'm stuck on message one I'm, I've got my passion and, and I understand my purpose but I, I mean I've got my purpose but I'm trying to figure out how to get to my passion I'm not, I'm not sure what my, or some of you, I'm not sure what my passion zone is. Or I'm starting to identify it, and it's definitely not what I'm doing right now. <laughs> and so, what should I take from this talk or this series today about costly consistency being my grid? A couple of practical things. Number one, no matter where you are today, and what you are doing, you can practice one, two, and three of what we've been talking about last week and this week. Excellence is my standard. I can do that no matter where I'm at. Um, distinction is my calling card. I can be who God has created to be, me to be no matter where I'm at. And number three, cost and, costly consistency is my grid. You can begin to practice that where you are. But I'm not in my passion lane right now. <laughs> Understood. There is no rule that I've seen in scripture that says you don't have to be excellent because you're not in your passion lane. <laughs> the scripture says, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, even if it's not in your passion lane, we can put that in there in parentheses, do it all. Do everything that you do. Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's who you're doing it for. So do it with excellence, do it with distinction. Do it with some cost, costly consistency. So that would be number one. Take, take what you are doing and own it. If you're taking notes this morning, take what you're doing and own it as if it were the thing that you wanted to be ultimately doing. Why would I do that, Sean? Why would I do it? Because that's, that's the training step that we talked about. <laughs> that's, that's mom and dad saying you're taking out the trash because it's gonna learn some character, son. <laughs> You are teaching yourself how to be great, so if you have the opportunity to move into your passion lane, you will have learned how to be great in the process. And you learn how to be great, typically not in your passion lane. You learn before you get there, for a lot of us. So if someone came up to me and they say, I wanna be a pastor, or I wanna be a communicator at the youth camp I'm going to in a few weeks. I wanna be a worship leader or whatever. What would your advice be to me? I do have advice for them. I don't just say I don't know. <laughs> Although that's what I wanna say a lot of times. I do have advice for them. And it's not, it's not you know, um, do plan A and then you'll get to plan B. And no one, no one, let me just say this, nobody ever really loves my plan when I give it to them. And typically people don't come back and say, man, just give me some more of that. Um, but, I say, if you want to be a pastor, if you want to be whatever it is that you're leaning into, your whatever, I would say to you, if you want to be a banker, or if you want to be a stay-at-home mother, or you own your own mowing business, the same principle applies. It starts with knowing God. We're going back to message one again today. <laughs> That's where it starts. So if you come up to me 
And you know, that's, that's what I tell a young person that's preparing, especially to be a pastor. You know, know God, number one, know God. Okay, okay, well I already got that. Thank you, give me the blueprint please. You don't need a blueprint. Make your ambition knowing God because your path, if that's where God is calling you, will be to communicate about God. So you better start to get to know him, right? So this is, you know, the second thing, build character. Build character. Number two, how do you do that? I don't know, what are you doing right now? Well, I have a part-time job at the coffee shack. Okay, great. You should own that. <laughs> the third thing, develop a message. And guess what? That takes time and life and experience and being a servant. It takes preaching wherever you can for those you know, that, are, that are talking about wanting to be a pastor. For me, I used to spend a lot of time preaching to myself in front of a mirror. <laughs> and in, when Deanna and I uh, came into our first youth ministry, ministry position, they put our youth group in a barn that had been converted into a house. And honestly, it was a pretty great place for youth ministry. It was a lot of fun. And we started very humbly with just a, a handful of students. And Deanna could probably tell you, I was not the best communicator. And, but we went in and we loved those kids. And, and, and we started sharing the messages that you know, God had given me and God had put on my heart. And there was no Twitter, there was no Facebook, there was no nothing. <laughs> it just, we just showed up and we're trying to tell a handful of teens about how much Jesus loved them every Wednesday. And that's where you hone your craft, by, by serving, by loving people, by, by, by caring about the people that are sitting right there in front of you, wherever you are at. Get your heart broken and get in there the way Jesus' heart bleeds for those that he surrounds himself with that don't know him. So number one, it's know God. Number two, build character. Number three, develop a message. Why? Because you can figure out how to get on a stage or a platform or get to the place that you want to be. But man, I've seen a lot of people get to a, to a, to a stage and don't have anything to say. <laughs> they get to a place where they have a platform or a place in the workplace and, and they, they don't have anything to really uh, build upon. And you can figure out how to run a business. And you can, you can uh, get to the point where you're running on your own business and, and you're not distinct in the world. So if you're, if you're not distinct in the world and being who God's called you to be, what difference does it make, right? And so succeeding and getting to the top and having a light shine on you, but you don't, have to re you don't know how to reflect that light back onto the one who gave you everything in the first place. There's a process, right? And so then what difference does it make? I'll tell you. If you get to that place and you're not doing those things, it doesn't make a difference at the end of the day. And so for you and for me, this sounds like a, a grandfather talking to his grandson, doesn't it? It sounds like grandmother talking to her grandson or grandfather talking to his granddaughter. If you want to be great in life, if you want to be great in life, take what's in your hands and make excellence your standard. Make distinction your calling card and make costly consistency your great. If you want to be great, do that right now. And, and <laughs> The thing that's in your hands, do it with that. Because God put it there. Because there isn't 
a man who gets on the golden elevator and halfway go up, halfway up the elevator and says, you know, you're, you're going to the top. Well, you better really quick read this manual before you get there because that's the process. It's not like that. There's no getting in the elevator because all of what we need in life is learned on the stairs. So we're going to say, I'm going to go up the stairs again today, and I'm taking the stairs again today, and I'm taking the stairs again today. And the second thing, if you're not there yet, that I would encourage you to do is to patiently focus. Is this the same idea said a different way on self-improvement versus self-advancement? This is the scripture I really want us to focus on today. I really, I, I hung everything on our key scripture for this whole series and this scripture today. So pay attention. This is a good one. Psalm 37. This is the New American Standard Version. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. No, it can't be. No, delight yourself in the Lord and he's gonna send you on some assignment that you're gonna hate, right? <laughs> so that's what we, that's, that's what we kind of think, surrender to God. Next thing you know, you're gonna be in Africa somewhere in a country with a bunch of mosquitoes or in Antarctica in the winter, you know, because this is our God. How great is our God sending you to the place that you hate. <laughs> Everybody sing. How great, right? But let the truth sink in this morning. Delight yourself in the Lord. What is my purpose? It's to know him and to make him known. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will do it. So, if you just circle the verbs, I put in your notes, and I believe on the screen behind me, the, the ones that are um, capitalized. If you just circle those on your notes, trust, do good, dwell, cultivate, delight, commit, Trust, that's my part. That's your part in this scripture. Those are our verbs. Then there's verbs on his side too, if you'll notice. And if we look at those, he has some verbs. He will give and he will do it. He will give you the desires of your heart and the whole string of scriptures ends with he will do it. My job trust, do good. It's all these, all these parts of the step that we've been talking about. Dwell, costly consistency, cultivate, delight, commit, trust. His part, he will give and he will do it. He will give and he will do it. He will give, he will give me the desires of my heart and he will do it. Trust, dwell, do good, cultivate, delight, commit, trust. So all this is about me becoming everything God wants me to be. Working on, if you want to say it this way, 
self-improvement. This is who I am, who God has created me to be. I am stepping into that versus self-advancement, working my way up some kind of corporate ladder, stepping on other people as I go. How can I not be in charge of my own self-advancement? It's because of the third thing, and this is big. This is the huge idea of the Lord, of letting the Lord find you at the right time. This is the last thing I, I believe on your notes today. It's God's job to find you, and it's your job to follow him. So if you're thinking this morning, well, Pastor Sean, I'm stuck. I'm in the last cubicle on the floor. If you move my cubicle six feet over, I'm going to be in the janitor's closet. Or I'm going to be in the, the fire stair, you know, fire exit stairway. That's where I'm going to be. That's how close I am to, to being, you know, kind of pushed out of here. So how do you, how do you want me to respond to that? Do, you know, I mean, what do you want me to say? Well, I guess God can't find you then. I guess... I guess so this is for everyone, but it's not for you because a sovereign God can't come down that far down the aisle of cubicles. He, he, can, he can do great things. He can part the Red Sea, but now he's not coming down to the third floor where you're at. My goodness. <laughs> my, my first job, like my brother before me, <laughs> was, was I worked a paper out. Any paper out? Any paper boys, paper girls in the room? Hey, all right. So I watched him deliver papers and save up to buy his very own Atari game system, and I wanted in on the action. And so he was 10 years older than me, and so as I grew into that, um, I, I got a paper out, and I was going to save up and get some cool stuff too. And so I did, and, and you kids today are missing out, man. Paper route is where it's at. It's, it was so fun. I loved going out, and I, start, I started, you get to know the neighborhood and the people and, you know, get out in the sun. And I, and, I started out with one route, and I guess I must have been pretty okay with it because by the time I was done, I was delivering papers for, count them, three routes. I was delivering to three routes, and we're talking about big money now. And if I remember right, it took me about an hour and a half from beginning to finish, and when I got older, I cheated a little bit, and I don't know if this cut into my profits. I'm sure it did, but I used my car, <laughs> and I delivered to some of my route. But I made my standard excellence, I loved my customers. Being distinct was my calling card. They knew who I was. I was my, very much myself, and I was a very peculiar kid. <laughs> and consistency was my grid. I was faithful. I was consistent. I was there. So I was a faithful delivery boy, and I, and I even won some awards for doing it over the years. And I'm not trying to brag, but I'm probably better than your paper boy. <laughs> <laughs> in high school, I started working for a Pier Furniture on the corner of Maine and Pier. Um, the store and the owner, I think, were like 100 years old. Um, but uh, he was pretty bent over in his frame, and he was slow. He was a little grouchy when I first came in. Um, but I worked hard, and I delivered furniture speedily and professionally, and, and um, I was found faithful over time, and I, I found him another a faithful co-worker, some of you know my, my good buddy Chris Bruce, that's where we first met, was working together at Pier Furniture, and we, and, and we did hours upon hours of the mundane, let me tell you. We, delivering furniture was the fun stuff. We would go out and you know, go to houses and deliver the furniture, but when we weren't doing that, we were vacuuming or dusting, <laughs> or moving furniture in the store. So we would do that, I mean it was only a two hour shift, but it felt like years sometimes. 
And we'd come, we'd come there from school, and Chris and I would take turns. Okay, you get a dust, you get a vacuum, you know, and we would take turns. And it was just the two hours, but those could be some long shifts sometimes. So we, we stuck around, we worked hard, we worked with excellent attitudes. The old guy, he, he even grew to like us. And he started being friendly and he joked around with us and eventually we were invited to some family celebrations with him. We got to meet his family. And you know what I found out as I grew older and, and was interested in getting more hours? Is that this man ran other businesses in town too. And so he hired me on to be one of his office custodians. And so um, he had crews that cleaned offices after hours. And so I started doing that in the summer and I had a blast with that. I would crank up my Walkman and, uh, and it would be in the late night hours and I would be, you know, throwing the trash in the buckets as I, as I did my dance moves. And so when I did a good job at that, guess what? He hired me for a third job. Um, before I, I finished high school, I was working um, at another place that uh, he, he managed cl uh, collecting trash at a campground out by Oahe Dam, which got a little gross sometimes with the fish garbage, but hey, I got to work outside I, uh, at a campground by a lake, so I, I enjoyed that, meeting all sorts of fun people from all over the world. And do you, but do you know what I loved about you know, all of that the most? A couple, couple of things, and we're, and we're done. I got to to work alone most of the time, which my personality, many of you know, I'm an introvert at heart, so I appreciate some recharge time for me. And, and, but another thing, all three of these jobs gave me time alone with God. I got to, I, it gave me time to think and time to pray and time to dream about my future. Um, but more than anything else, I think it was developing in me a lot of the things that are still a part of my fiber, of me being me, um, and, and I don't despise one second that I spent as a young man, you know, kind of building character, vacuuming floors and dusting lamps and just being faithful and being consistent and showing up on time and smiling even when my back hurt when I was moving that really heavy couch <laughs> down to somebody's basement that was down like two stories, right? <laughs> And the thing is, I don't despise one second of it in any of those jobs because God found me in that paper route. God found me in that furniture store. God found me in those offices at night and at that campground. And God found me in my bedroom on the corner of Harrison Avenue and Flag Mountain Drive. I was a teenager and he called me to ministry in my bedroom. And he found me in my bedroom. So apparently, he can find you in all sorts of places. And we're so busy trying to be found. And when God's saying, just work on you, and I'll do the finding, because when I find you, I want you to be ready. I want you to have that character built up in you. I want you to have an attitude that you're always going to be learning, that you're always going to be pressing into your passion, that you're always going to be taking another step. So listen to this. You can come on up, Bob. He found Noah when he needed a boat builder, right? You know what he said about him? He said about Noah, he found favor in the eyes of the Lord. We knew that Noah, I mean, who knew that Noah was even in the eyes of the Lord, right? He found Abraham in the Ur of the Chaldeans, and he called him to a land that I'll show you later. He found Joseph, even though he'd been forsaken in a prison cell in Egypt. He found Moses when he was 80 years old on the backside of the desert tending his father-in-law's flock. He found Ruth 
who is a Moabite woman picking leftover grain in the fields of Bethlehem. He found Samuel when he was sleeping in the night in the house of the Lord in Shiloh, where his mom had left him as a little boy. He found David out tending the sheep even after he wasn't called in for the lineup, including all of his brothers. He found Jeremiah in his mother's womb. He found Daniel praying in his window, as was his custom. He found Peter and Andrew when they were just tending their nets one day by the Sea of Galilee. He found Zacchaeus in a tree. He found a five-time divorcee at Jacob's well. And he found Paul as he was on his way to tear apart the church in Damascus. And he can find you wherever you are. When God needs you, he will find you. And when he finds you, all he's asking you to do is follow him. See how the pressure just went off there? But what if I miss my passion? Is the question that we ask. You know, what if I miss my lane? What if I miss my calling? What if I miss my opportunity? What if I miss my moment stuck over here in some other place where I'm not even sure if this is the place where I'm supposed to be? Listen, if you miss your moment, you are a follower of Jesus, you have a relationship with God, and you miss your lane and you miss your calling, let me tell you who it's on. It's on God. It's on God because listen, what's on me? Trust, do good, dwell, cultivate, delight, commit, trust. And he will give and he will do it. He will give and he will do it. And he will give and he will do it. So next week, the, the, the last one of this series and maybe the most important of all, so don't miss that, but, but none of us are going anywhere until we take the stairs. So if, if, if you were gonna add one last thing about the A and the B and you know, I'm not there yet and I'm over here, and I'm kind of thinking I might wanna be over, over there, I would just say have healthy conversations in your connect group, in your inner circle, and talk to God about it while working as hard as you can to be great at the very thing that God has put in your hands right now. That's how simple this is. It's not complicated because your father's got the plan for you and he will come and find you wherever you are. And it all starts with a great purpose, doesn't it? It all starts with knowing God and making him known and framing our life in that. And I want to know Jesus and I want to make him known because the only way a life of meaning is possible is because Jesus took this step and he looked down at us and, it, and he's up at the top and if you look at his life there was a cost wasn't there there was a big cost we remembered his cost when we took the elements this morning if you want to talk about somebody that is faithful and who persevered just look at the life of Jesus who is more faithful than the Son of God who, who come to be with us and who persevered through a lot of really, really tough stuff for us, for our sake, for our purpose? 
And if we keep on walking down the ladder, <laughs> he said in scripture, I will not live by bread alone. But he was hungry and he chased after you, even to death on the cross. What drove him to do that? It was love. He had a hunger and a passion for you. What about trial and error? He was falsely accused. He was beaten. He walked into some bumps in the road, if you want to put it that way. Adaptability, I think you could say that about Jesus who came to earth, lived as a man in the flesh. The son of God, walking as us on this planet in a broken place. And you know, he, he walked, it said, as a son, as a young man, he learned and he grew and, and he um, grew in, in knowledge and talk about walking in humility. He took the stairs and he humbled himself even to the point of death on the cross. The great one, the great I am that we were singing about earlier in worship. The great I am gave it all so that you could come to life spiritually and step into your passions and awaken to a life of purpose. To be released into your passion and to know Jesus and to make him known. Let's stand this morning. If you've never prayed this uh, prayer before, we want to invite you into a relationship with God. With nobody looking around, all heads bowed and all eyes closed. This is a personal invitation to know who Jesus is. I love, I love the verse that we have on our wall. He's faithful yesterday, today, and forever. And no matter where you are in the process and the journey and stepping into your passion and your purposes, I, I wanna tell you, some of you, you might need to, to be told this morning, he has a passion um, that he's put inside of you and he has a purpose for you. It's better than you can ever think of or imagine. So if that's you this morning, you haven't prayed that prayer, um, with nobody looking around, would you just raise your hand up high in the air? We wanna pray and agree with you this morning. Give us some time. Is there anybody here this morning? We love you, Jesus. We just want what you have for us. God, for your church family, for those of us that have framed our life with the purpose and the passion of knowing you and making you known. God, I, I, I pray that you'd help us to walk in a manner of excellence to be distinct to who you've called us to be and to walk with a costly consistency. Lord, that we'd follow in your steps. It's not about getting to any platform or any place really in life. It's really our ultimate goal is to know you and to make you known. That's what it's all about. But God, you've, you've put passions in us. You've stirred them up in us. God, and to walk out in the fullness of all that you have for us, it begins with knowing you. And as we begin to 
walk out with excellence and diligence and the cost of, of being consistent, God, we know that you will do great things because you are a great God and you are the one that called us, fashioned us, and formed us. So God, thank you for sending us out this morning into our passion and our purpose. In your mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen.